Hello, this is Aitana, and you are listening to Season 1 of the Swim in the Strait podcast, where we talk with swimmers of all sorts from the New Zealand swimming arena, from swimming every day through the winter to crossing the Cook Strait. We will hear stories of passion, perseverance, and dedication. Welcome to Episode 6 of Season 1 of Swim in the Strait. Today's guest went from a casual 1K swim in her wetsuit in 2020 to an epic, epic 17.5K swim in Lake Taupo in 2022. I have the pleasure to talk today to Adriana Milm. Hello, Adriana. Thank you very much for joining us today in Swimming the Strait podcast. I am very excited to have you here with me. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Um, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, we had squad this morning, which was good. Yeah, how are you? I'm very well. I had a very nice swim this morning as well. It was fresh and cold, but refreshing. So just the perfect situation to start a podcast about swimming. <laughs> so yeah, it is great. So yeah, we want to. I want to discuss today a few things with you. Just uh, talk about your swimming and how do you start swimming and what are your goals. And my first question is normally always the same: Have you always been a swimmer? Uh, yeah. So I think I started swimming as an infant. My parents, you know, took me to swimming lessons, and then I did. I continued weekly swimming lessons up until I was about twelve. So I had a bit of a break during my teenage years and early adulthood. And then I came back to it uh, at the end of 2019. I started swimming again. So when you came back swimming, why was that? I actually had, my dad had passed away. Yeah, so I was looking for something. I wanted to exercise to just move and just get rid of all this, you know, extra energy and express it, I suppose. Um, and so I swam as a child and so I had really good memories, um, you know, of being a child, obviously my dad was around then. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll just go down to the pool, um, start swimming some laps. I did that for maybe a couple of months just by myself. And then I found out about ocean swimming. Mm -hmm. I think a video popped up on my Facebook feed one day and I thought, that's so weird. Like... (laughs) I can't believe people do that. And I wondered, I got quite curious. I thought, I wonder if anyone does that in Wellington. And so I started searching around on, you know, Google and Facebook and I found the Wellington Ocean Swimmers Facebook page. And I, I think I popped up a message or I was, oh no, I was looking through the comments to try find out when people would meet up. Um, and I think I messaged um, Rachel actually in the washing machines because um, she had commented on a few of those posts. And I said, oh, Rachel, you know, is it okay if anyone shows up to, you know, the 7.30 on the weekend swims? And she's like, yeah, you know, I won't be there, but just show up and look for a Dougal. And so I went down to the pool. I think I was on my learner's license still then. So my mum had to <laughs> supervise me driving. <laughs> So we went down to the pool, I dragged her down on Sunday morning, um, and then we were still meeting in the entrance, uh, the foyer of Freiburg back then, Um, and I saw this group of people and their togs huddling around, and I went up to someone, and I said, oh, excuse me, are you Dougal? And they turned around and they said, no, that's Dougal, and pointed at Dougal, and I said, oh, hi, are you you Dougal? Like, I'm here to swim with you guys, and he said, 
you're late. <laughs> oh, good start. <laughs> and I thought, okay, that's quite, I thought it was quite positive. You know, I felt like I was immediately accepted. <laughs> yes. Straight into it. Straight into it. Um, so he, yeah, so we went outside. I was in a wetsuit. I bought a wetsuit just to swim because I thought that's what you had to do. Um, went for my first ocean swim. It was February 1st in 2020. I went to the first buoy and then it was really choppy and I was definitely overwhelmed with everything. Yeah. Um, so then I just went looped around the fountain and through the pontoons and I was with Emma, I think. Um, yeah, and that was my first ocean swim and I was just hooked from there. Yeah, wow. And that is for a first um, open water swimming, that is around a K. I think it's about a K first fountain pontoon pontoon. Yeah, exactly. So, well, that's a good start. And uh, good that you started with your wetsuit, though, because, you know, first time, first time for everything. It is. It can be a little bit overwhelming, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> but, wow, so this was 2020. Mm-hmm. And now you are... What is happening now? <laughs> now you are all in. Uh, now I swim... I sw- sorry, I swim three squads a week. Um, when I'm training in the summer, I'll do an extra pool set by myself. So that's four pool sessions a week, plus two um, ocean swims at least a week. Um, and then sometimes I do a little bit of yoga as well, um, just to help the body feel good yes. and unwind from all the swimming. Yeah. So why are you swimming so much? Where are, where are, what is in the horizon? Uh so looking forward to next season, I would love to swim across Lake Taupo. So that's the 40.2k swim. Um, so right now I've just, my um, my event for this past season was the epic, epic swim. So that was 10k and 2.5 followed by the 5k. Mm-hmm. Um, Is so, that in Taupo as well? Yeah, sorry, in Lake Taupo. Uh, so I had a bit of downtime after that. That was in at the end of March. Um, and now... What was the question? Sorry. <laughs> the question was that why are you swimming so much at the moment? Why is in your what is in your horizon? Yeah, yeah. What so, are your goals? Yeah, so my goal uh, is my next goal would be to swim an ultra marathon. So I've done three 10k swims, enjoyed them, feel great afterwards. I feel like after I did the epic epic event in Lake Taupor, it just something clicked in my mind, and I thought, oh, Lake Taupo is only four 10k swims. I can do that. <laughs> of course you can. <laughs> well, it is pretty impressive to go from 2020 swimming 1k in open water to now have done um, three 10k. Um, I was very impressed because I think your second 10k was my second 10k as well. And you did so well. Was that at the Epic Swim 2021 in January? Yes, it was. That was my first 10k swim ever. Oh, okay. Well, you did so well. You were, I remember that you uh, were still with your wetsuit. And yes. then then I think I missed your second 10k. But then on the third 10k, it was amazing. You've gone from first 10k with wetsuit. And uh, how long did it take you? That was 334 and the third 10k was no wetsuit and uh, that was 312 or 315 
Yeah, that is amazing. So the progression has been exponential. So all that swimming is paying off. <laughs> it is um, just shows that the training, um, you have to train hard if you want to. You have to put the work to get there. Yeah, and I guess that, yeah, there's the physical side, obviously, getting down to the pool and going outside and uh, all that. But I guess the mental side as well. The first 10k I swam was really brutal. I remember I was on the home stretch and I only had a K to go and I was crying. I took off my goggles and I was like bawling my eyes out doing breaststroke. I, ah, oh, that's why I was so upset. I felt like it was, well, it is, it's such a cool thing to swim a 10k. I was, so close to finishing and I thought I the person I wanted to be there when I finished was obviously my dad Mm. and he was he wasn't going to be there so I thought well I I don't want to do it I don't want to do this great thing without him and then I don't know I I what happened the lifeboat pulled up with the fire people and they saw me crying and they're like what are you doing I said I'm having a cry I am trying to finish my 10k and just crying. What does what? it look what like? What is wrong? And they said, no, you're not. And they sped off. Oh, no. And I thought, well, fuck. Oh, well, I have to finish this now. So I it was miserable. I finished the 10k and then afterwards I just burst into tears. But yeah, overcoming that was amazing. And yeah, I guess the mental barriers as well that you overcome alongside the physical training that's yeah that's powerful it is so powerful because at the end like the training prepares your body to do the job Mm. but then you have to do all the work um all the mental work in Mm. order to do it to be there and do it and and overcome all those thoughts that when you're tired and it's a long swim and you're swimming on your own right like yeah. so you're you have to be in good terms with your brain in order to you know <laughs> try to control a little bit what is that you're thinking and um, so that is very impressive that you could finish thank you um that yeah very impressive so do you do something to prepare yourself mentally hmm Mentally, um, I don't think I, I don't actively mentally prepare. I'm mentally prepared for the epic, epic swim out of pure stubbornness. I, for the summer, that was my event that I was training for, and then a lot of people around me were training for Lake Topor, Cook Strait, all these amazing things that I wanted to do. Um, and so I had that sense of FOMO. And COVID was, I think we had moved to the traffic lights and so there was more COVID in the community and I was really paranoid about catching COVID and getting sick. So I was living like a hermit, just going to swimming, you know, working from home, not doing a lot of social things. And and I think in February or even March, I was thinking maybe I shouldn't go to the, you know, epic, epic, oh, what if I get sick, rah, rah, rah. And then I just thought, I've spent all summer training for this. All these people around me are doing really cool things. Like, I don't care. I'm just going to go. 
Um, and I think that stubbornness, made, I don't know, made it a really enjoyable event. You just mastered it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Do you find ha- having that environment that, that is supportive and that, mm. you know, having all these people that have done such amazing things or are preparing for such amazing things, such amazing things helps on your own uh, journey? Yes, definitely. I think just the, even when you go to a squad session and you see the same faces every day, uh, even when it's a hard set, they're there with you. And obviously we're all swimming by ourselves. We've got our, um, we're in our own thoughts, but I think it's, great to you know watch people get through hard sets and watch them do all these amazing things it's inspiring and I think I'm around them well they I find the community is very welcoming and very uplifting people say you know oh you can do that you could do this and I do that with other people as well I think it's just a really supportive encouraging environment Mm, I think so too. I think that makes a big difference. Um, I was uh, talking to someone else in the podcast a few weeks back and we were discussing that, yes, swimming is a one-person sport, but it's mm-hmm. never just you. It's mm-hmm. your crew when you do long um, events. It's the people you have around. Mm-hmm. And also just now we were talking about going swimming on your own in the ocean. Like normally we do go with people because mm-hmm. it's just like pushes you it just gives you some comfort and some safety and you know like it is it is good to have a good group around you um makes it a little bit easier to get to your goal and then well I wouldn't say people are bad influences but sometimes if you've ever been at the 1k and someone says oh the lighthouse is just there (laughs) (laughs) oh I guess we're going to the lighthouse now (laughs) yes yeah I have had a few of those that you get there and someone goes like oh let's go a little bit further and you go like okay okay what else am I doing (laughs) exactly why not (laughs) cool that is very cool yeah I agree that um having a good group um just makes it easier Mm. and um so okay so what is next is a taupo and do you have any more goals in the horizon uh I well when I first started open water swimming I got in my head that I could swim the Cook Strait and that I would be doing it. So <laughs> that was actually something I thought I would work towards first before Lake Topor, but I I, th- I think Topor is the one I want to do first. And uh, then after that, I would be, depending on how that went, if that went well, I really would be keen to start thinking about the Cook Strait as the next goal. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Just for our listeners um, that not, don't know what Taupo or Cook Strait is, Taupo is the biggest freshwater body in uh, New Zealand and it's 40.2 k's. And Cook Strait is the body of water that joins um, or separates the North Island from the South Island in New Zealand. And it's, it is such a special place and um, so many people try to swim it and it's such a hard um, swim right it is around 26k uh, I think at point to point it's somewhere in the early mid 20ks but with the tides you could be swimming a lot farther yes <laughs> exactly yeah you have all, all this tidal currents that uh, you have to time them well mm-hmm. in order to make your life easier mm-hmm. and of course the cold the cold is not something I'm great with <laughs> 
Um, yeah. Because we're looking at, at what, 10 hours, 12 hours of swimming? For the Cook Strait? Yeah. Yeah, and it's a bit, it is colder than um, Lake Taupo as well. So, yeah, you're in the water for, you know, t- 10 hours it could be. So how do you cope with cold at the moment? Mm, at the moment, uh, I just bought a new woolen duvet in which is really nice. So I try to stay warm overnight. And then when I go down to the beach, I'm in a lot of thermals, um, really thick jersey, puffer jacket, everything. Um, I'll try to have a warm drink before I go in as well. And I'll take a flask of just warm water for afterwards. So I try to go in really warm. Um, I don't hang around on the beach too much. I I don't know if you've seen me get in the water. I just kind of go, <laughs> just go straight in. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I do keep my swims a bit shorter as it gets colder. Uh, yeah, and then I get out, have my warm water, and I know I shouldn't be showering, but sometimes I do. <laughs> Sometimes you can't avoid it, right? Like the thought of the warm shower after a cold swim yeah. is too tempting. Yeah, and then a lot of warm clothes and coffee under the heater. Yes. <laughs> that helps. Um, so um, one of the things that fascinates me in all these endurance sports is the thoughts, is the brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we were talking before that you can train your body to be prepared mm-hmm. for kind of prepare for the event but the brain is always um this machine that that Mm. you have to kind of be in good terms with Mm -hmm. so when you are swimming for long swims what are you thinking about what is what is happening in your brain (laughs) so i have been through therapy in 2020 i spent most of that year in therapy and we did um act therapy so acceptance and commitment therapy and so a lot of that is recognizing the thought but being separate from it so your brain will think a thought and you can say well thank you thanks brain thanks for thinking that thought that's not helpful right now so I'm gonna ignore that and you know continue with what I'm doing so I mean I encounter that a lot with I do get quite anxious when I swim so with the jellyfish and sometimes I get paranoid that I'm going to be eaten by a shark. Um, the cold aspect as well, I get very worried that I'm going to get too cold or sometimes I can feel myself getting cold. Um, but instead of playing into that thought and, you know, f- letting it encompass me, I kind of just notice it and I'll distract myself. Um, if we talk about the cold, when we did the Lake Brunner distance camp in December 2021 it was I found it quite cold it was very overcast and I would just imagine myself being warm so I pictured myself swimming laps in Thorndon pool on a nice summer's afternoon the pool itself was I always find it way too hot I would feel the sun on my back and just imagine and I could actually feel it on my skin just that well not prickling but just the sensation of the sun on my skin so I will kind of imagine that uh sometimes I'll imagine being on the beach in my bikini and the the sound of the waves and the feeling of the sand and the smell of the sunblock and I can feel the 
the encompassing heat from the sun. Uh, so I just imagine being warm. I think that it's beautiful that you can actually, um, instead of letting your brain go go wild, just think about all these thoughts that are keeping you warm. That it's just kind of you know like just keep this on your chest that brings that peace and that awareness of the moment and that like on the like we are in this present moment and we're doing this and we can do this. So I find that very beautiful to get in an agreement to your brain and say, okay, yes, those help, those thoughts are not helpful. We're going to think about things that are going to help us achieving the goal or achieving the swim or getting over the cold. I think thinking of firming thoughts as well, one that I think quite a lot before I get in the water is I say to myself, I, I trust myself and I'll let my body carry me through this swim um, and yeah I just try relax sometimes I find myself I'll get very relaxed and okay I won't fall asleep but <laughs> good <laughs> I'm definitely I feel like I'm almost resting I remember over the summer we did a swim from Freiburg Beach to Hataitai Beach and back that was beautiful how far was that I think that's about 8k mm. um, and I found myself I was visualizing myself living in this tree house and I had the fire going and there was a lazy boy seat and I had my feet up and I was wrapped in a blanket and I had my eyes shut but I was still aware of everything that was going on around me so I was swimming and I noticed oh there's a jellyfish down there but I'm not really bothered my body's just mechanically moving and I'm very peaceful in my mind um, so sometimes I guess I'm meditating <laughs> yeah I find that it's really close to meditation yeah because I meditate mm. every day and I find that when I get in the water and I can get to that state of mm. relax and not being anxious about all those things then I can just get into the zone and just keep going it just you you just there you're one with the environment yes <laughs> and you just can't keep swimming forever yeah that is great that is that is very beautiful um do you think swimming uh has helped with your um with your mental health with your amazingly i yeah it's interesting there's two parts to swimming for me there is the physical moving your body and getting the endorphins and all that all the benefits of that um, and then the other part is the community around it so for me you know swimming is the first thing and then you obviously go for coffee after have a chat I think there's a book called the body keeps the score mm. and that's um, one of the themes in there is about how trauma physically manifests in the body and how we're quite also quite removed from the way life kind of used to be and how there was more community in the past so finding community and building community and being a part of it and you know bringing people into that is really important and I think that was probably more than the physical swimming itself what helped me through my grief and overcoming my depression and everything like that um, so I'm incredibly grateful every day to everyone that I'm around and 
this amazing community and just the swimming is incredible. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's great to to hear because um, yeah, definitely. I think all these sports and not only the physical but the the community it does help and um, it helps with what we were saying before about uplifting you and supporting you with your goals but also with all, all the other things that go on in your life because one of the things that I'm also interested in is um, the swimmers are juggling with all the other things in their lives mm. right they are trying to achieve these big swims or big goals but they also have to work and some of them have families and you have the social part or your social life and this all these pieces that you you bring all together and it is not easy to um to put them all <laughs> fit them all together to um to make them work so um finding that social part of it with the community i think it is important and just reverberates across all your all the pieces of your life it's not only the swimming i suppose even when i'm having a bad day or I'm in a feeling, you know, in a rut, I can always go down to the pool, go down to the beach, go down to the cafe and there's always going to be someone there and I can, well, not be distracted by that, but I can be a part of that for a little bit in the morning and that can kind of pull me through. Mm. Yes, and also you've done already something for yourself. I found that really yes. um, encouraging. Like you do your swimming on your first day, uh, sorry, you do your swimming first thing in the morning and then you've win you've won the day already. Yes. You've done something, you've achieved something, and then you can go like, okay. <laughs> if the rest of the day goes wrong, <laughs> that's fine because I've already swam in twelve degree water <laughs> and had my coffee. Yeah. And um I can face the day with a different mood. Yeah. So next is um your next goal will be Taupo. Yes. And that is exciting. When do you think that will happen? Uh, I am hoping it will be the summer coming up. So the 2023 season, I think it's called. Uh, so that is... <laughs> That's within the next seven, eight months, I think. So how are you preparing for that? Right now, I, I'm not feeling super fit. So I want to work on bringing my fitness back to how I feel felt when I did uh, the epic, epic swim. And I think I'm close to that. So I want to bring my fitness back right now. Also work on strength and flexibility uh, for the next couple of months. And then I think September, October will be more focused on swimming and yeah, doing more, t- more time in the pool. Do you have a, a coach or do you just go to squats? I have a couple of coaches. So I swim with Phil Rush on Sunday mornings. Also swim with Timon uh, at Bonobo on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then obviously Dougal with the washing machines when we go swim in the harbour. Oh, that's good. So that is a lot of swimming. Like, how uh, Do you know how your wicks will look? Because um, we've been talking with other swimmers that they where like 20Ks, like 30Ks a week or 20 hours a week? Hmm. Um, I'm not too sure. Well, <laughs> uh, I know Monday's rest day and that we'll do most of the swimming in the weekend. I 
yeah, fortunate to work a pretty um, flexible Monday, Friday, nine to five sort of job so I can fit swimming around that. And I do have the weekends free to do longer swims in the summer. So that's probably what that will look like. Nice. Well, best of luck with that. Keep Thank us you. posted and uh, maybe we can have another episode when you've swum uh, Taupo to tell us the story about that. I hope so. Yes, me too. I will be following you. <laughs> Thank you very much, Adriana, for that. That was uh, great. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? Uh, no, thanks. Just thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I will contact you in maybe 10 months and then we can <laughs> talk about Taupo. Let's do it. Exciting. Thank you for listening to the Swim in the Straight podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast, connect on social media at Swim in the Straight, and leave us a rating on your favorite podcast platform.